And we are back with another episode of the Dalmi Podcast. Today's special mm. guest is someone that does a lot of different things. Brilliant guy that hustles his ass off. Today we have mm. Eric, who is the CEO of Defiance Entertainment. Defiance Entertainment actually runs the Testify to Hip Hop platform, which is massive. And Testify to Hip Hop does a whole lot of different things. Tell me a little bit about that before we kind of get into a conversation. Like, bullet point me all these different things that Testify Hip Hop, Testify to Hip Hop is doing. Yeah, 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 man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so basically, Testify to Hip Hop uh, started out as like a live concert event thing, right? And then basically, after that, we did live concerts, then it became a big media company. And then uh, basically, celebrities wanted us to interview them. And so we're like, oh, okay, cool. So then we started doing big podcasts and talk shows. And now we got a Snapchat original where we're going to be like the first uh, talk show on Snapchat where they want us to be like Jimmy Fallon, but for them. And uh, it's just taken off. It's taken to a whole nother life. So there are a lot of things there that I kind of want to ask more questions about. But real quick, the Snapchat thing, uh-huh. that's something that you and me talked about for the first time a few days ago when I met you. Yeah. And that blew my mind because... Like, I know that Snapchat's still a player in the social media game. Yeah. But from, like, me as a general user Uh and the people in my circles, we've kind of seen Snapchat as being more of, like, a dead, you know, Mm -hmm. social media site for maybe what we're we're doing. Yeah. But the the user base is still extremely active, and there's still people that are super popping off. Yeah. And then you broke down to me that now Snapchat is about to pretty much change the game because now they're doing long-form content or semi-long-form content, right? Like, they're not doing just any more 14, 30-second clips now, right? Like, what's opening up there, and what are you doing with that Snapchat long-form content that's now on the platform or about to launch on the platform? Is it already active or... Is, is, so basically what happened is, so, so they did Clippets, right? Yeah. And 24-hour stories. And right. so then, I think in like 2016, uh, E! News, Sports Center, NBC News, all that did a show on them. And they tested it out in like 2016. Hugely successful. Mm-hmm. Grew the following, grew everything on Snapchat and the user base. Right. So then after that, then people like Will Smith got a show. And on Snapchat? On Snapchat. It's called Will at Home. Why have I never heard of this? I, I don't what know. What the hell? I have no idea. And the user, their user base just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So they're about to hit 300 million users, right? Wow. Like maybe two years ago, they were like 240, 250. Yeah. So they keep getting bigger. Yeah. Even the moment where people thought it was dead is when Kylie Jenner tweeted, I don't ever use Snapchat anymore. Right. Right. That's when their stocks went down. Everybody was like, oh, I don't fuck with Snapchat. I think <laughs> yeah. I deleted my Snapchat. I don't even fuck with Kylie, but I was like, ah, I don't. Right. It made it like seem less cool. Right. Yeah. So then she was like, oh, I'm just kidding. And then their stocks went back up and everything like that. So That's crazy. anybody who's like 24 and older kind of like fade out of Snapchat. Right. But everybody else kind of just kind of gets on. Like my seven year old baby brother has a Snapchat. Wow. So it's just like. You know, people people really fuck with it. So with the long yeah. form, now they're changing the game to where now they want to have long form uh, content where they're having original talk shows and 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 uh, adventure and uh, drama and so like an scripted. Act, so, so is this like a web series or is this like a full blown like TV production? Like, TV production. Like, like what was that one that was out and kind of died with the quickness? Uh, they had like five, seven minute shorts with a bunch of big actors. Uh, was it Quibi? Oh yeah, Quibi. So is it, it died out? Right, that died yeah. out. But but is it like 
they were doing not like just basic web series. They were mm. doing like legit productions yep. on these short form, uh, you know, semi-long form yeah. content. Is that kind of like what Snapchat's doing? Is it like full-blown production or is it like YouTubers? I it, it was originally YouTubers. Okay. Right? And now they're fading them out and going to entertainment companies like Defiance Entertainment where they want really good production, yeah. high quality right. content. So, so like TV. Like TV. And I think it Quibi the Quibi was like it was cool. It was a great idea, but they went too big too fast. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really have the user base to back it up. Right. And so they had a big funding behind it, a lot of investors, but it kind of just died out because right. they weren't making money. So obviously investors and everybody are gonna back out. So yeah. um no Snapchat, I feel like because they got the user base and they're not trying to like jump the gun, kind of like Quibi did, yeah. Um they're gonna take it over. And I think one thing with Quibi too was that like they didn't utilize social media influencers yeah. within it, right? They just went to full blown production. Like they were trying yep. to become a Netflix yeah. right away. Yep. From what you kind of mentioned and what you're kind of explaining right now, it seems mm-hmm. like Snapchat is gonna go the production route at a mm-hmm. high level, but utilizing uh either people or groups of people or yep. or, or brands that have a following. Like yeah. Testify to Hip Hop has a pretty large following, right? Yeah, over a million, yeah. On And uh, where's that, on Facebook? Yeah, on Facebook. So over a million. And then you, how, how often are you guys posting on there? So we post, oh, we're launching a new show on there. We used to post like five to ten times a day. Mm-hmm. Now we're posting about five times a day um, to get those numbers up with the new host and everything like that. Okay. So it's, we're taking it to the next level. So you're doing an, a show on Facebook as yeah. well as a Snapchat one? Yeah, yeah. And and they're both testified to hip hop shows. Yeah, just two totally different so shows. Different or, shows. So like basically, think of it like this: the one on Facebook is like a daily news show, mm-hmm. right? Like Trevor Noah, Daily News, Comedy Central, right? Gotcha. One on Snapchat is going to be talk show. So literally, Jimmy Fallon on Snapchat, basically. So so the uh, Facebook is going to be news related. Yep. So like like daily news or, or world news stuff like that like yep. li- literally like, like oh well hip hop news basically oh so, so hip hop like, news yeah okay, so okay. anything that like Drake said this or Nicki Minaj gotcha. did this kind of thing like that okay yeah so hip hop news and then the uh, the talk show is that hip hop based as well with only interviewing hip hop artists or is it something that's like Jimmy Fallon does anybody and everybody yeah yeah they we we got people like Addison Ray mm-hmm. Michael Lee they they both got over 40, 70 million followers on TikTok yeah so they're not really hip hop. But the main focus is hip hop artists. Gotcha. But Snapchat's not so hip hop and pop culture beyond. Exactly. Gotcha. Right. The main focus right now is hip hop. Right. But you know we're gonna slide in a few of those other people in there. Sick yeah. man. Yeah. You're doing a lot of stuff, and uh, you're you're relatively young, and yeah. so you've been. How long have you been grinding? When did you start your entrepreneurial um, hustle? Um. Uh. uh Realistically, I would say when I moved here seven years ago, mm-hmm. or actually, no, I moved in LA in uh, 2013. Mm-hmm. So yeah, seven years ago. And um, But I would say for me, the moment I was born, because when I was like five or six, I'd be at a basketball game and I'd be like, instead of being entertained by the game, I'd be thinking, how, many, how much money could I make from selling these tickets? I you like, would think about selling tickets to a game at five years old, and what like, was this like an NBA game or yeah. like a? We would be in the bleacher seats, and I I couldn't we couldn't get no game console. We couldn't be in the front row and all that. And my mind was just constantly like, 
how much money could I what make? What games? What? What? Who are you going to watch? We watch the Spurs, so we go to the, like the Spurs did games. You did in Texas? Yeah, we did uh, okay. San Antonio. Um, like I, I've been to like uh, Lakers games, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. But that like, was like so. You're saying like growing up, you didn't, you guys didn't have a lot of money, essentially, right? Yeah, nothing. Uh, but like the game was something that you guys did pretty frequently. Like that was no, it was rare. Oh, it was okay. very very rare. Okay. So when it happened, like I, I went to like a Dallas Cowboy game mm-hmm. at five. Okay. I don't remember. I remember being in the bleachers though and thinking about the money. Wow. That was it. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. So. <laughs> okay. So yeah. then, so the ideas were sparked at a very early age. Yeah. When was when would you say would be like the first time you actually implemented some type of entrepreneurial uh, uh, hustle? Like whether you actually made money or did some type of hustle to try to get money? What was the first time? Uh, um, if you can remember. I would say the the one I re- definitely remember where I would say, I would say successfully, I would say uh, early high school. So in early high school, what I did was I went to high school in the Philippines and China. Mm-hmm. Um, so over there you can drink, and it's no big deal. At at in high school, at thirteen you could drink. Wow! As long as you're taller than the bar, you're good, right? <laughs> wow! Plus you're white, so like they just want your money. They think you're rich. <laughs> like <laughs> so, it's what like, took you to China? Uh, my dad, he does. Uh, he works on airplanes and stuff. Oh, sick! Yeah. Wow. So nothing, nothing crazy. You know, he made like I, I don't know how much he made, but he was like regular job, no, but, regular but mechanic. That, yeah, but that's awesome though. Like yeah. to have experiences to be able to go outside of just one place. Yeah, it really was because literally when you grew up in a bubble, yeah, you think a certain way, and everybody where I'm from, like Oklahoma, small town USA, they all think this way. This is how we think. If you don't think like this, get out. You're mm-hmm. the devil kind right, of mentality, right. right? It's our way or the Very, highway. It, it can be, and it's not always, but you not can always. be very, very close-minded yeah. and thinking like, this is how everyone lives or this is how everyone should be. Exactly, right? And so when you think outside that, um, they don't really like it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is, I'm, not, I'm not stereotyping everybody course, in that bubble, but for my experiences, yeah. that's, that's what I know. And so when I went over there, um, I had a culture shock because... On the signs, it was how, Chinese. How old were you when you went over there? In, was, in high school? I was 13. Okay. So first, I, I, I went to like Amsterdam, England, you know, all, all those places. All that before China? All that before China. Oh, so you had already, before 13, already had a lot of different travel experiences. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and we kind of just went. Like, I just just left. Like, I lived in China on my own at 13, at 14. At, on my, your own? Yeah. My dad, like, left, went to another city. He's like, do you want to come or go? And I was like... I'll stay here. Wow. And he would just pay the rent and and then I would just do my thing. And so, he trusted you enough to like yeah. wow, that's a, yeah. that's incredible, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> just before we continue on with the story, uh-huh. looking back now, mm. do you think that was I mean, for you obviously it it worked out. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine most kids having a mindset that can be capable of taking care of themselves in the proper ways at that young age, having their own place. Yeah, I mean, like, did he like instill already a lot of like responsibility on you for him to feel like, oh, this this guy, this this kid has a good head on his shoulders, he's not gonna fuck this up. Well, I think I think what it was was I think it was that right, but it was also I saw my dad go from. It really hit me when we were nine, right before I was nine. Like there was a part of our life where we lived in a tent as a family. Mm-hmm. Like we were like we had no home. We lived in a tent. My sister was older. She remembers a lot more of it. And it was like we're going camping, but then we were camping for six months. Right. So it was like 
questions started coming up like why are we still camping like you know and it's cold or whatever the case may be so i mean that's that's also really like respectable that they tried to shield how tough things were from you from being such a young kid like i think that's really dope I, I when I see parents really put all this pressure on the kids for their negative circumstances, like yeah. especially when it's financially, I think that sucks for the kids. Yeah. Like you should like try to shield it as much as possible yeah. from them because they're still growing, they're still young, and, exactly. and I think that's really cool that at least for, they try to flip it in a way to they like tried, it's camping, yeah. you know. But yeah, there gets a point where okay, I don't think we're really just camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to keep it real at some point, right? Yeah. So and then we got to the point where we had like a two story house. We had the biggest house in small town usa oklahoma right wow. with everybody else lived in trailers or a regular size house and so i was like oh we finally made it like i don't know how much money money we got but we're doing good yeah right? we got, we got the, everybody wants to come to our house yeah so i was like this is dope and then we lost the house parents got divorced everything went to shit stepdad lived there for a bit and it was just like fuck man like i got everything i saw on tv that's what i wanted that's what you see the happy family the nice right. house all that shit and it was like it's gone and so what really instilled me was seeing my dad go like this. It was a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, he always picked himself back up. Oh. And like I've seen him in like even when he got unemployed in China. Like I saw him grow a beard. He was like holding back all this like frustration. How was he gonna pay for food, rent, everything? And um and I saw him kind of go like this. And then there'd be times where he'd get a job where he's making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. And and so I think that's what did it for me. Like no matter what, you're gonna fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. No excuses. Right. So I think I think at 13, that was instilled, and then I was just kind of like, "Fuck it, let's go." Yeah. Yeah. So then you're on your own, mm. taking care of yourself. Are you doing dumb 13 year old shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> I was not entrepreneur at that point. I was like, there was a day where I had two girls over. And uh, the girlfriend that he was dating at the time, who was she, dating? Uh, my dad. He, uh, she, they. My dad was gone. She came back to pick up some stuff, and I was in the room with two girls, and she flipped the fuck out because Filipino culture, you don't do that. Oh wow! Right? It's like one girl. You don't even bring the girl over to your home. Like it's a very sensitive yeah. thing. She's like, what the these fucking Filipino slut. or China? I thought you were in China. So I, I, oh, this was in the Philippines. Oh, okay. Um, but. Or no, this was in China, but he was dating a Filipino. Okay. So we were living so, in so Shanghai at the yeah, time, yeah. but she was Filipino who lived in Shanghai with them. Gotcha. That's what it was. And so it's been a while. Yeah, so yeah. No, no I've drank since then. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so she flipped out. And so I was doing the most, I was going out drinking, party. I wasn't doing school. Like, right. my, like I, I had a girls basketball. The only reason why I got into the school was because my dad's job paid for the schooling and I was good at basketball. Okay. That was it. My grades yeah. did not get me into that. Right. Uh, uh, what do they call it? International school. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be wealthy and you got to have uh, good grades to get in that school. Damn. Yeah. But they saw me dunk a ball and they're like, okay, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, 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 that's a benefit for sure. <laughs> definitely a benefit. So a lot of stupid shit I was doing. Damn. Yeah. And then did like at one point your dad said, hey, nah, you can't be on your own anymore? Or did you wise up? Like, like what changed there for you to like, I mean, you still have fun, but yeah. what, what changed from like only having fun and not taking care of business? Well, for three years, I didn't take care of business. It right? was, just fucking, it, fucking it was just fucking around. And my dad tried everything in the book to get me straight. And so... But so, so in those three years, uh-huh. you're in high school, you said something started 
there to try to make money? Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, what it was was all my friends were rich. Okay, practically all of them were right. They lived in mansions. They had their own cars. This in, so this is in China, China and Philippines, right? Because oh, I went to I went to high school in China and the Philippines. Oh wow! So okay. I started in China. I did high school in China for one year, and then I went to the Philippines for two. Gotcha. So, at in China, my first year of high school, I was going to the clubs, and I saw that oh, I can befriend all these promoters, and I can befriend up all these people, and 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 they I can drink. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah! Like hell yeah! Right? I don't know if I can curse, but. Yeah, okay. we, we've been dropping f bombs like crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's all, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then when I moved to the Philippines, right, uh, we went to Subic, uh, Philippines, right. Uh, it's a former military base, mm-hmm. um, and so when I went there, you had this old military U.S. base, and you crossed the river, and it was like dirt third world country, mm-hmm. but all the bars and clubs were there, right. So you cross. And there'd be like people living in huts and everything, but you had all the bars and everything, wow. right? So it was it was bad. Um, you'd see people get shot. Yeah, it sounds grimy. It was it was very grimy, right? Like any you name any ghetto in America, I'll take you there and it'll make yours look like the fucking suburbs. Wow. Yeah. Um, like like top gated community yeah. suburbs. I'll make Harlem look like the suburbs. That's crazy. So, um, so when. I was like, oh shit! I bet I could go to these clubs too, and so when and, and were the was the drinking reg- age the same? Or? Same thing, same okay. shit. They didn't give. A, there, there'd be five year old kids going to Seven Eleven wow. or their Seven Eleven buying crazy. a beer and cigarettes. That's crazy. It's crazy, right? So I was like, oh shit! And I had some people that went to school. Oh, you can't buy Subway. You can't buy food. Ha ha ha! And I was just like, fucking stupid. You didn't have money at that. I didn't have the money, right? Okay. So I had money what my dad gave me, like an allowance. Gotcha. It wasn't even allowance. It was like if I went out, he gave me like. We didn't cut out? No, we should be good. Okay, good. All right. So um so we um he gave me a little bit of money. But that little bit of money could only go so far. And so while I'd be out with the friends, I couldn't drink, I couldn't eat, I couldn't mm-hmm. do all the shit that they're doing. So you had the 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 shitty people in the school and you had the cool people. I had people who would buy me food. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this feeling. So that's where it really ignited it mm-hmm. and so i went to the promoter and i said look if i make this club or this this place popular will you pay me he said yeah so first thing i did is i went to i went to the shittiest club right in a longer post city look it up it's dark poor. i don't know what it looks like right now but it's pretty bad and um i took all the high school kids there and it became the number one spot it was crowded every it was crowded like four or five days out of the week yeah right it got so crazy. He built me and my friends a VIP lounge and he would Sick. give us free bottles. Wow. And then I had free alcohol, free drinks. I, I didn't have to pay for anything. And even if I did, I had money. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the best and fucking you, you thing. You were ever. getting a cut from the, the entrance? Like yeah. from like yeah. all, all the heads? Each head all the heads. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and most of the places you don't pay to get in. Yeah. But they were getting drinks out, so they didn't care. Right. Yeah. So they were like, I mean, That's the place was crazy. a dead in place. And so me and my boy, like Andrew, we would just like make this place the most popular fucking spot. And and now, I don't know what they're doing now, but when we were there, it was the hottest fucking place. And then we got it to where we got celebrities there, like Filipino celebrities who were on like TV shows and movies. And uh, they were coming into the slums, essentially, right? Like yep. it was like this ghetto, grimy area and they yep. were coming out there. That's how popular it was. Wow. Yeah. And that's how I was making my money. And next thing you know, I was living good. 
Damn, that's so, crazy. Yeah. So and what? How, how old were you? Would you say you were at that point? 16, 16, 15. That's crazy, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then to answer the last question is once I did that, my GPA was like it got so bad. I didn't. I wouldn't go to school. I would sleep in school. Wasn't doing my homework. Nothing. It got so bad. It was a one point one. Wow. Where they wouldn't even let me play basketball anymore. Yeah. It's pretty low. Yeah, it's pretty fucking low, right? So my dad said, I, we got to, I'm sending you back to your mom's, mm -hmm. which is the one place I did not want to live. Like, I'd rather fucking, you name anything on this fucking earth, I'd rather do that over go yeah. back there. And I was forced back there. And it was crazy because when I went to the Philippines and China and everything, they're like, oh, Americans are stupid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, we're not. Like, like we're not stupid. Once I got back to America... And I went to small town USA. I was like, okay, we're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Now I That's see what hilarious. they're saying. Like, you don't know until you go outside your world and come back. Yeah. Right? So then I was like, okay, fine. The only thing I got to do to get the fuck out of this place is get good grades. That's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So I literally had a morning job. And this right? is where? In uh, Little Axe, Oklahoma. Okay, so you, so you live in Oklahoma and now you're back in Oklahoma. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I got the fuck out. I did everything to get out, and now I'm forced wait, wait, back so, in. So wait, you're making money in China. What brought you back? Like, why come back? Bad grades. My dad. My dad was still in charge. No, I know, but like, so so he said, "I'm taking you out of these areas." Uh -huh. So that, that was that. Is that the reason that he left, or did he leave for other reasons like work related? No, he stayed. Oh, he's just saying you back. Yeah, he just sent me back. Oh, okay. He was like, "You going back? You're not taking this serious." Gotcha. Like, and especially because his job wasn't paying for my schooling anymore. Mm -hmm. They said only up till he's 18. Yeah. And and he's like, I still got gotcha. one more year okay. of high school. So he's like, he sent me back. He's gotcha. like, okay. Yeah. So I get back and I'm like, fuck. So yeah. I get a I get a, a morning job. I mm -hmm. go to work at like 7 a.m., finish at three, go to afternoon night school, whatever you want right. to call it. They called it night school. I got a 4.0. Damn. And all I did was study those books and do all my homework and pass all the tests. And I did two years of high school. Uh, two three years of high school all in one year. Wow. Yeah, because I want that's how much I wanted to get yeah. the fuck out. Yeah, there's dedication. Yeah. So it's it's not like you're stupid or whatever. School's not that complicated. It's just it's just it's effort. It's just effort. That's all it is. One hundred percent. Yeah. So then you get out of school. When did you? Let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. Testify that hip hop is your baby, right? Yeah. You created that. Yes. Now it's super popping. Is it, were you always a huge hip hop fan or how did Testify to Hip Hop come about? Like, what was the thing that like, oh, let me do, because how did, it started mm. off with you mostly as a blog, right? Yeah. You would just like post up stories about news or things relating to hip hop yeah. um, that was kind of trending or could be trending. Yep. Right. So like yep. break that down a little bit, overview, and then what took that from a blog to now where it's at? So basically what I did was I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. And for what reason? What brought you to LA? Uh, I was just like, I'm gonna change my. I'm gonna do acting. Okay. I don't know. I'll just do something in the air. So, but I was still like a playboy at that time. I, I, I ended up living with two girls that I met on the beach and was living rent free for a whole summer. Wow. And didn't pay for food, nothing, just fucking having a good time. Right? It was the best time ever. Sounds pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. Until they were moving and like, okay, you got no place to live anymore. And I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. So I didn't like that feeling. So. I did acting. I was doing good. I'll skip all that story because it's just like, it doesn't matter anyway. And I was like, I don't want to do acting. 
I don't want to do any of this. I don't like I don't like the male actors anyway or whatever. So I came up with the idea. I was like, I went back to my ticket thing. And I was like, what if I did a music festival out in the middle of nowhere, had a stage, got underground artists to perform, and sold tickets? And it wasn't even called Testified Hip Hop at the time. It was called EBS Rap Battles. Because I won rap battles from like 8 Mile, right? And I, I'm not good with names, so I just used my initials, and that was it. And so I set this up. The girl I was dating in L.A. at the time, she was like, that's a really fucking good idea. So I went back to Oklahoma. Did you have any connects at the time? Nothing. Nothing. How, well, first off, like not to, <laughs> not, to, not, to, not to shit on it, but like, how the hell is that a good idea with zero connects? Yeah. I, it, I don't know if it was a good idea, but I mean, obviously it turned into a good idea. But like, I'm saying, like, if uh, I would hear someone tell me who has no connects mm-hmm. or any like leg in the, in the, even the music industry, especially hip hop, like, uh, that's a fucking terrible idea. What the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> All right, but continue. Cause I, I mean, literally I was just like, I could just sell tickets and make money. Yeah. Right. For nothing. that is, I don't know. I guess it was a bad idea. Right. Yeah. But it worked the fuck out because yeah. literally I went to Oklahoma and I utilized. So what I did was I basically, I was in some music videos and I was with some celebrities. Mm-hmm. So what I did was back when Instagram was still, you could do the follow and follow thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I did was I had like, I was in Blake Shelton music video. I was with, uh, and you were Carl- in what, what brought you to those videos? Acting, uh, acting, acting, okay. acting. Yeah. When I was in LA. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And it was nothing great. You know, I got bumped up to like leads and stuff and, and, and features and everything from an unpaid extra. So those mm-hmm. are really cool stories too, but you know, skip yeah. all that. We could definitely have another podcast on some of those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause they're insane. So, uh, literally, um, what I did was I, I basically took those pictures of the celebrities that I was with. I deleted everything off my Instagram. I went to those celebrities. I post that image went to those celebrities' IG and would follow their followers. And they would see me with that celebrity and they'd be like, oh shit. And then it would just kind of grow, grow, grow. And in one month, I got I went from like 100, 200 followers to like 10,000. Wow, that's actually pretty fucking brilliant. Yeah, right? And then- What gave you that idea? Like I, you just came up with it? I just came up with it. I was just like, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna yeah. try this, right? That's, that's smart. Yeah. And then two months, I had 20,000. And then it just kind of grew on its own. And, uh, and this is why you had before you had the idea for the show, or th- at the same time. At like, the same time. Okay, so like because I was trying to get press. Okay, gotcha. Like why would so people? Like, yeah, you, you're like well, I want to do this show, yep. but I need followers in order to exactly sell tickets, and I need okay. people to want to fuck so with that, me. So the reason you did all that was for this show. Exactly. Gotcha. Right. So so once I'm over 20k, now I can DM all these artists, and they're actually going to give me time of day. Right. Right. So two months I had twenty thousand, and then it was just growing from there, and I stopped doing it. Um, so you stopped what, doing it. I stopped doing it now. Like I don't. Oh, I, oh, I, I care re- rest now. But um, then once I was doing that, uh, I deemed all these underground artists. Right. But before I left LA, what I did was I built two relationships: one with Tech Nine's manager, mm-hmm. and another with uh, corrupt. Young Gotti from yeah. a Snoop Dogg's crew. From, from Dog Pound. Yeah, from Dog Pound, mm-hmm. right? And those were the two I did, but I couldn't afford them. But I used their names to make people want to go. And and all the celebrities I was in pictures with and everything like that. So next thing you know, I had people booked in Oklahoma. But how did she use their names? 
uh, I name drop them, show them that I worked with them, gotcha. show them texts that they're down to do my show. Gotcha. Because gotcha. I got them to text me and be like, yeah, 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 like yeah. why I was with them and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how I used it, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I, I'm glad you asked that because a lot of people when they do these interviews, they leave out the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, so, I mean, I, I think it's it's great to share. I mean, you've already done it. Yeah. You know, so it's not like you're. Yeah, it's like you have to hold on to that forever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think you know, like when I watch interviews as an as a an artist as you know all these other avenues that i've been pursuing all these years mm-hmm. like i'm like tell me like, yeah, yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. like come on man like one it'll help me in either the part where you fuck up or uh-huh. the part that worked and like exactly you know what I mean? it drove me crazy when i because when i was looking into it i was i was watching like the the guy who created coachella and everything because he when he did his first event he had 100 people go to his yeah thing right and he they didn't they didn't make no money yeah so i was like but he wouldn't tell us how he became successful it yeah. drove me fucking crazy so I name dropped. I showed those texts. I showed all that. Got all these artists to want to come, and they were down to perform for free. Who were some of the artists? Nobody's. Okay. Right. The only somebody that we had was this um, female. She went viral. Um, it was this uh, lesbian female rapper from Florida who went viral, who had a million views on like Facebook and YouTube. Okay. Um, song was extremely powerful, and so. So you're booking all these acts. How many acts did you book? I think like 50. Damn. Yeah, I was going and, ahead. And they were all like independent people with On, up and coming. Did, did they have big followings? or Some like, did, some didn't. Okay. Right? So I was really going off the girl that, the YouTuber. And so I asked my dad, I was like, could you give me some money? He's He would never give me money mm-hmm. ever. And I was like, you just, I'm telling you this is going to be good. Right? Mm-hmm. So he gave me like three grand. My dumbass, this is where my mistake came in, is I was like, I, I could book you for three grand. Because I was thinking, if I could get her, she would sell it out and I'd make all this money. She sold like five tickets, right? So waste of fucking money, Yeah. right? So, but the other half of that money paid for the stage and everything like that. So you that. gave her 1500 I gave her 15, 50% yeah. up front, right? Uh, okay. So, because that's how you but do you, with so the artist. you're still going to owe her the other 15 Yeah, when she got on this. I mean, that's how it works with artists, right? right? You pay them 50% up front and 50 on the day of. Yep which became a big problem. So next thing you know, I had people from... So you really... So, so you had 1500 bucks for stage and lighting and sound? Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. But out there in Oklahoma, it's not. It's, oh, okay. it's actually pretty good. Right. Oh, so, so right. it all took place in Oklahoma. Yeah. Gotcha. Middle of nowhere. So my old town, Little Axe. And right? all the artists that you booked, they were all from Oklahoma? No. So I had so people the, coming from New York. I had people coming. They from, had to fly themselves and everything, or yep. did you take? Okay, they flew all all, and people okay. were going crazy over. The, I got emails from people saying, like, uh, I'm blind, and people don't ever give me a chance. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And I was like, these now, are you, fucking now awesome were you doing stories. like a pay to play type thing with them, where they had to pay a fee to get on the? No, okay, I should have because I made them probably would have made more money, mm-hmm. but I didn't do that because I was just trying to have a successful event. Right. Right. That's all I wanted because it's all about having the first successful party and then everybody comes after. So it. if a bunch of these artists are coming out from different places to a city and state that they don't have a following in, like where were you projecting to get people to come in from? Like, like, it, like I'm saying like uh-huh. you have, let's say you have 50 acts, right? Uh-huh. 49 of them people don't know. Mm-hmm. Where's the incentive for people to want to come to this festival if they don't know these acts? Because when people are, traveling from that distance they don't normally have the budget and they want to come in groups because they bring the they always bring their posse okay okay right so, so, so you, at bare minimum you have the homies of the people filling up the space exactly gotcha right so they're gonna bring five to ten people mm-hmm. all coming in one big right. van or whatever right 
And then what I did was I met with, um, he was like the, 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 I guess the biggest underground manager in Oklahoma, right? Okay. He knew all the biggest acts out there who had a following. So me and him befriended each other. And I was like, okay, cool. You can definitely help us out and get into some notification, mm -hmm. right? And he did. But he was also very big-headed because he was like, oh, I'm the shit and blah, blah, blah. And my artist this and my artist that. And so I was just trying to make him happy. By the end of the day, I was like, I can't stand this fucking guy. Mm -hmm. So, excuse me. So when it all came together, it was literally me one former friend, we're no longer friends, who was the bodyguard, and then one other friend who did all the flyers and handled the beer, right? I was running everything. Yeah. And so next thing you know, I have, I was expecting like, I don't know, a couple hundred, maybe a hundred people show up. Over 500 people nationwide showed up. And I didn't have... You were not enough, prepared for that I was number. not prepared. Not even fucking close. Yeah. And crazy things happened like, um, a guy broke through the gate, almost ran over my my uh, guy who runs the door, like to oh, collect shit. in parking, and literally was doing donuts in a four by four truck while people were camping because it's a three day festival, right? Holy shit. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? It's fifty artists. I got to fill it all in, and um, I had to literally jump off stage, shut the mic, jump on the truck, his window was down, knock him out, pull the e brake, open the door, say get the fuck out, call the cops. Wow. Right? I had to do all this shit. I had one time, there was like one guy who was a white rapper during the rap battle, and he was dropping the N-word like crazy, like it was candy. Next thing you know, I had like 20 plus rappers lined up behind stage going, Eric, we're not okay with this. And I walked up to the guy and I said, yo, I told the DJ to stop the music. I said, look, you are dropping this word that you're not supposed to be saying like it's no problem, Right? You got some bloods here. You got some crips here. You got some, like, I don't know what fucking gangs there are, right? I don't know what the fuck these guys will do. So I can hold them back in this area. But I suggest you, you get in your fucking car and drive as fast as you fucking can and get the fuck out of here because they're going to kill you, right? And he did. He ran so fucking fast. I got so much respect from this. All these artists put together an award show and named it after me. Wow. Yeah. And and from there, that's when Testify to Hip Hop was born. And after that, I got an investor. I, when I came back to LA, I did free events for this friend of mine. And then uh, I was producing, hosting, managing, getting them the free venues, everything, right? And they were like, his business partner was like, hey, you're really good at this. I got an investor in Florida who wants to invest in you. And I got a $600,000 investment at the age of 25. Mm -hmm. And testified. That's crazy. Yeah. That was, that was the start. So wait, so testify to hip hop. You got these investors. You got money. But what, what was the pitch? What were you saying? Like, hey, this, like, what were you launching? What was testify to hip hop? It was a concert. Okay. So, so was, I was trying to, I was trying to do what I did in Oklahoma on a larger scale. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so testify to hip hop started off doing events. Yep. Now, how many did you do? It was annually. Uh, um, I would do one every New Year's because okay. I was the biggest money maker in Oklahoma. Uh, no in L.A. Okay, sick. Yeah, and then uh, the biggest event was with the investor at Microsoft Theater, mm -hmm. where they do the Emmys and the Grammys and everything. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, so what was the first year? 2016. Well, the festival happened in 2014. The first one? The first one, the, the small little small, yeah. rinky-dink one. Yeah, 2014. The big one happened in 2016. Okay. Yeah. And then you did how many years? You did it every year? Every year? I did, I did every year. Till every 2019? Year. Till 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah. So you did, uh, you said 2016? So you 20, did I did, years, I did, I did 2014. I did, then after 2014, I had success from that. Then I built my relationships with other people mm. in the industry. Yeah. And then 2016 did the big one. 2017, I would do like multiple events, but the big one was New Year's every year. Okay. And then every year we would, we did like three events a year. Okay, but the okay. biggest one was the like biggest, New Year's. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. What were some of the acts that you had on the bigger ones? Tech Nine, uh, Dave yeah. Loaf, but she backed out after we paid her $20,000. Oh, um, wow. She claimed her manager took off with the money or whatever. Um, yeah, I just had uh, Vic, uh, Vic Sandoval, who worked at Strange for like 10 years. He just yeah. he was on a podcast like a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super dope dude. Works yeah. with all those guys. Yeah. Um, and now he's a manager of MERS, who nice. was yeah, on yeah, Strange yeah, Music. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, Tech Nine, Strange, the, all the Strange, strange Music, they're they're, awesome. they're, they're they're beasts. All yeah, of them, yeah, they really are. They built that. Like, I don't know if you ever been to Strange Music in like Kansas I haven't, City. I haven't been to it. It's fucking it, huge. I've seen all the videos and stuff like that. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. He has his own car wash there. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> um, so that that was the biggest artist, and then um, and then in 2018, that's when we got monetized through what Facebook. So. Testify to Hip Hop starts off as concerts, events. Yep. And then what are you doing on Facebook throughout these years? Like, what are you posting? I'm just posting random shit. I'm posting old Tupac interviews. I'm posting old... Like, what I did was how Testify to Hip Hop blew up is I was obsessed, right? So I would look up these old interviews of from Suge Knight to everything, and I would bring it back to light to this new generation. So were you ripping from YouTube and then uploading them? Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So then it was like, it was, you weren't just sharing a link. You actually uploaded the video. So now when it would get shared across Facebook, it was sharing Testify to Hip Hop's video. Yep. Because what most people do is they would try to share a link to get money off YouTube. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I don't care. I just want a following. Yeah. Right. So I mastered Facebook. And then what I would do was like, like one of our most viral videos, I got everybody talking. I posted an old video of biggie's or diddy's bodyguard and he was talking about how diddy basically fucked biggie and um not sexually but like in the 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 act yeah yeah yeah. and um uh basically he knew everything that was going to happen yeah and it went crazy viral on my page and then everybody was talking about it yeah and you yeah, see, i remember i remember the video yeah 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 and everybody would see the Testify to Hip Hop logo in the bottom right. Mm-hmm. And then I would see all the hip hop blogs post my video. Right. And then from there, I was like, oh, shit. If I just dig up the old, because I was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I was so obsessed where I wanted to go to prison just to interview Shook. Wow. Like, I was trying to make that happen. So at this point, you haven't done any interviews. You're just posting no. up content. Yep. Gotcha. Just posting. And it's just growing and growing and growing. And I'm like 19 hours a day. I lived in my car. I would do my events. Why? Why did you live in your car? Um, were were like were you not making sufficient money from the events, or were the events so spread out that you didn't have money at certain times? Like it like, was. Like, I would. I was making money from the events, but I was like this. I have a nice car. A, a Dodge Charger. I bought a brand new Dodge Charger. Mm-hmm. Right. It was a uh, 2018. No. 
it was a, a 2014 mm-hmm. Dodge Charger V8 hit me. I lived in that. I was like straight up hustler. I was like, I don't need a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I just need a car. How did you shower and all that stuff? I get a gym membership. Okay. So I go to the Gold's Gym here in Hollywood. Yeah. And I, I, I was fine and with that. Where would you park? At Gold's Gym parking lot. Or right. or on Santa Monica Boulevard, um, there's um, that you got, it's like Santa Monica Western. Is right. There's this big parking lot. Um, and you got like a, a little Caesars there and everything like that. And I would just park there because no, that was the one parking lot. Cops wouldn't bother me. Homeless people wouldn't bother me. It was like, there was like times where homeless people, I'd wake up, they'd be staring in my window and I'd be like, the fuck? Like yeah, I'd wake yeah, up, yeah. I'd be like, you know, but that's where I did it. Yeah. And the reason why I did it, because I used all my money to uh, basically pay for food. If I had a dinner meeting with somebody important, I could go rent a suit uh, or buy a suit. I wouldn't have to worry about paying for dinner. I wouldn't want to be like, oh, shit, I just paid my rent. I couldn't pay for this dinner. Because out here in drinks. LA, it's expensive as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like and a, w- a drink is like $12, $13. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, if I go and, out. And, and and rent out here in Los Angeles, yeah. like for a small studio apartment mm-hmm. is like almost two grand. Yeah. Just for a small one room space. Yep. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's mad expensive. And now I live in Manhattan, which is even, even more, more expensive. Uh, so I'm like, fuck. So. I was just like, but you were on your grind. So yeah, you I was on like, my grind. Yeah, so like save money, yep. maximize your your the, the money that you do have yep. to benefit the hustle. Yep. So then later you on you can make money. Exactly, exactly. It was all about building relationships. Yeah. Even when I was an actor, like everybody would obviously they had all the management agent or they would try to get management or agent, and I was like, well, you guys been here for like two, three, five, ten years, and you're in the same fucking shit. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to do the thing where I just befriend everybody and I go to the parties. And that was me. I was the party guy. Yeah. And then I befriended everybody. I wasn't trying to get no favors out of them. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying to get no, I was just befriending them. Yeah. And that's what I did. I would utilize the money. And this industry is really relationship-based. Yeah. Um, good and bad. Yeah. Bad because sometimes people, uh, oftentimes talented people get no love, get no yep. shine. It's because you need that relationship. Yep. Um, but then good in a way too, where like, you know, if you're a pretty decent person, you know, you can get along with people. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some snakes and stuff like that where some people can, don't care if you're a snake cause you guys can benefit each other. And that's the, that's the grimy part where the relationships come in play, where yeah. that, that's so prominent. That's like, man, that kind of sucks. Yeah. But you know, you also do want to be able to get along with people. You got and to. So, and there are benefits to that here. Yep. There is. And you got a lot of fake people too. Like For a sure. lot. Like, yeah. I would say more than 50% are fake. Yeah. <laughs> more than 50%. Right? Yeah. And it's not just the Botox on their face, right? Yeah, no, the, no, their personality, uh, their character is fake yeah. as fuck. You go to the club in Hollywood, it's not like what you, it's not what's your name, it's what you do. Yep. That, straight up, that's the first question. So Facts. you know this. So, um, so that's, I, would, I was just like, I, I'd rather have the money and utilize it for these meetings where I could like leverage my shit mm-hmm. over stressing about not being able to pay for this dinner. 100% man. Yeah. I feel you on that. Like a good portion of my life I just put any extra bit of money that I can into my hustle mm-hmm. and I've tried to be at and have the minimum amount of uh, overhead. Yeah. You know, fuck it. Like I'm cool having less for a longer period of time. Yep. But grinding for the things that I want so that when the time comes that I do make money, I'm in a position making money in the thing that I want to make money in. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And most people don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, they, it's hard. It's, it's, it's extremely not fucking hard. easy. It's like, not. There was so many nights where I, I had a not to get gross. Where I had a peen. There was no the bathroom. L.A. Yeah. Everything's closed. You can't go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Gym's closed. Can't go to the bathroom. 
I had a piss in a bottle, yeah. you know? So I wouldn't get pulled over for a public dispute. Like, yeah. it, it was disgusting. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I tell people this, right? One, I'm lucky I'm a guy because if I was a girl living in a car, it'd be way more hard because I got to shave, I got period, I got all that shit, right? I'm a guy. So that made it a lot easier. Yeah. 10 times easier. Two, it's either you want it or you don't want it. Facts. Right? So I wanted it. And I would, it's the same thing when I wanted, I was in, in Oklahoma and I go back to school and I went from a 1.1 to a 4.0. Yeah. You got to be uncomfortable yeah. to get something different. Yep. You know? Exactly. If, if, you, if you're just like coasting and not really making any changes, like you're going to stay in the same mm-hmm. place. Yep. And it, it even goes as far sacrifice. as sacrifice. Sacrifice. It even goes as far as like when I got that $600,000 investment, I failed miserably. We lost the money because we couldn't book talent because I had no relationships. I couldn't get no big celebrities. No agency or manager would fuck with me. And the investor was like, it's either big venue, big celebrity or not going to happen. So I had to lie and just get Tech 9 and have a show with a 7,000 uh, seater venue and only 200 people show up. Damn. It was bad. I was sweating bullets. But the venue was successful. And after it blew up and I got all the media, everybody fucked with me. Sick. Everybody. Kendrick Lamar hit me up. Eminem's people hit me up. Royce the five nine. Wow. Like all of them fucking hit me up. So it was like, fuck it. Like it worked. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta fall. Yeah, you gotta fall. My back was against the wall. I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Pay back the investor. Now I'm good. Oh shit. Now Facebook is doing good. Now I'm making from all the videos that are blowing up, I'm making a hundred thousand a month. It was just like That's crazy. It took the fuck and that's off. From Facebook. It from Facebook. Damn. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. I'm going to teach you all that shit. Appreciate that. So, of course. So, like, I wanted it. Like, yeah. I would live in my car and work on, I would go to the public library, working 19 hours a day on my Ring D laptop, which yeah. I still have, um, posting. Yeah, man. It's the grind. It's, yeah. it's, I've been, like I said, a good, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but like a good portion of my adult life has been broke as fuck, but chasing the thing that I'm chasing, right? Chasing yep. my dreams, my goals. Yep. Like, there have been so many times where I'm like, how the, f-? like, there are times where like, I was, my car was about to get repoed, my yep. fucking cell phone was getting disconnected, all this shit. And it's like, I could just go get a nine to five yep. and, and get by, but I was like, no, I, I, f- this is what the fuck I want. I'm either yep. going to make it in the thing that I want to make it in. Or I'm gonna die. Yep. It's one or the other. Yep. There's, no, I mean, there's no plan B for me. Thank my, you. My plan B is the same plan A. I'm yep. gonna fucking do it. I'm and all the grades say it. Like you take, uh, uh, oh my god, what's his name? The first black actor who got an Oscar. What's his name? Oh my god, the male. He's in. Um, fuck. What's his name? Oh my god, it's gonna. Uh, uh, it's going to drive me fucking crazy. Okay, let me fucking look at uh, Masculine, like, uh, fucking, like, lead male, uh, cool guy. Uh, Denzel Washington. Is he the God, first? God, it was driving me crazy. Wait, My he's mind the, he, was Is blank. he the first? He was the first. Him and Halle Berry. They were the first ones. First black male and female to win an Oscar. Really? Yeah. And that wasn't long ago. That was in, like, early 2000s. And I heard you in the back, Patty, so you know. <laughs> I don't know if he got... He was the first, wasn't he? If I'm not mistaken, I know Halle Berry was the first black female. Let me see. I'm trying to, I want to, I really want to know. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Let me see. 19 have been awarded to black actresses and actors. 
I don't know. I have to look it up. I guess yeah. there have been people that got like supporting, or but I don't know about. I, I would say like lead. Let's see. First, lead now. It says right here. Right. It says Sydney Poitier was the first, I think, in 1963 for Lilies of the Field. Oh, you're right. Oh, no way. Either way. That's they, 2016, though. Wait, There's what? no way Denzel Washington didn't have an Oscar. Oh, 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 no, 1964. That was an article in 2016. Okay. Huh. Either way. Okay, Denzel's I got my facts a, wrong. Okay. That's the beauty of Google. Denzel's right? a beast, though. He's a beast. And he says... He paid the way. So he says the same shit. He's like, if any, anybody I've seen that goes to him and like, well, I have a plan B. He's like, well, then you're already going to fail. You might yep. as well do plan B. Mm-hmm. Every fucking one of them say it. Yeah. So um, you can't have a fucking plan B. You can't. I yeah. remember one time um, I, I was uh, broke as fuck still, grinding mm-hmm. my ass off like a motherfucker, but like yeah. paying my dues. I went, it was like, I think my mom's birthday and it was me, my mom and my, my, my little brother, my stepdad. And I was broke as hell. Mm. And the conversation was talking about like, you know, like, man, like, you know, you're getting a little bit older now. You got to like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and essentially it came down to a point where he's like, how long are you going to keep doing this? Like, how long are you going to keep trying to make these things happen? Mm. Like, what, you going to do this into your, like, in, into your, your 30s, your, your mid 30s, your late 30s? Like, like you yeah. know, you're, the 30s are on the corner. Like, when are you, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? Like, and I was like, I'm going to keep doing this until I make it. Exactly. I, I, like, I don't care if I'm 50. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep going after this yeah. until I make it. Yeah. Everybody's so focused on 30. Right, right. There's like, there's like a time limit. Yeah. It's like, why is there a fucking time limit? Yeah. Like, no, there's not. There's not a fucking there's time, a time limit. There's a time limit if you put that time limit yeah. on you. Like, there's or no, you let society put that time limit on society's you. Society's pressures are yeah. really, like, I don't live by their, their, their fucking rules. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Like, yep. um, I purposely try to make sure that I don't have responsibilities that take away from my grind. Yeah. So that, like, I don't have to be, let's say hypothetically at 35, I don't have to be like, oh, fuck, man. Like, well, I'm being so selfish chasing this. I mean, I have to do, like, well, I'm trying to, like, make sure that, no, yeah. I can be selfish, and but, but that way I can struggle if I need to struggle. Yeah. Like, I'm capable. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. I'm fucking capable. You're fucking capable, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with struggling. Like, people are so focused on, uh, fucking Jeff Bezos says best, right? He's like, the reason why I'm the richest man in the world is because I was willing to wait to become rich. Yeah. Everybody else wants the money now. Facts. Facts, bro. Elon Musk mm-hmm. used to live out of his office and shower at the YMCA. See? The grind. The grind. I mean, like, and it's not like I had so many hustles. Like, there was one time I was an Uber driver mm-hmm. and a guy literally, I had no money, by the way. I was out. I was using the Uber credit card for mm-hmm. gas, right? Um, and one guy got in my car and he was like, hey, do you know anybody that sells classic cars? Yes. I don't know fucking one person who sells classic cars, right? But I said, yes. What are you looking for? He tells me. I'm like, okay, cool. I think I got a guy for that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So he texts me later. He's like, I want this specific car. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, what's your budget? He's like, $10,000. Easy. I go on Craigslist. I find the exact car he wants with a, a up-to-date title, smog check. That's good for one more year. And the only thing was like the leather in the seats was a little bit cracked. Everything else was fine. Mm-hmm. So I went to the, the guy with the car. I was like, look, I'm like a real estate agent, but instead of for a house, I'm like for cars. 
And uh, I got a guy who wants to buy this. His budget's 10. I told him nine uh, because I didn't want to like freak him out. Always trying to get me for every dollar, right? So I just told him nine. And uh, he's like, okay, well, whatever. As long as you sell the car, I'll give you a cut. No big deal. Cool. Get the guy there. I drive there. I have no money to my name. No gas. I'm on E and I haven't ate. And I'm like, I got to make this still happen. Again, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? It all comes back back down to that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you're comfortable, you're not so stressed about making the deal happen. Yeah. So. And if you're too worried, you don't even take the risk. Exactly. Yep. So, because then you got anxiety or yeah, whatever yeah. the fuck may be. So, literally, I get the people there and then they're negotiating and everything like that. And he was trying to get it down low. And I talked to the guy. I was like, hey. I was, he's like, I don't care. I'm going to sell for 7500 Whatever you can sell after the 7500 you get to keep. And I said, all right, cool. Sold the thing for like, what was it? 8300 And I walked away with 700 bucks, And I was so fucking happy. 800. Oh, 800 Correction. My bad. And I was so fucking happy. I was just like, fuck, man. I needed that. I yeah. needed that. Yeah. And I got gas in my car. I acted like it was no, I'm like, I had a straight face the whole yeah. fucking time. I was like, I was like, and oh, you could yeah. have put that time and energy into something else that would have made you, you know, a few hours per the hour, right? Yep. You, you could have done Uber for those three, four hours. I guaranteed and, and, money. You know, and you could have like paid for a meal or two, yep. you know, a little bit of gas. Yep. But like, nah, like there's, there's, what, what is it? Um, High risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. You know? And it's always also like, you can take my car, you can take my money, you can take my clothes, you can talk, you can't take my brain. Yeah. Once I realized that, I was in, I was unstoppable. And a very important thing to add to that, that like, is that you have, you're doing your due diligence. So mm. you're doing your homework. You're yeah. grinding, not stupidly. You know, yeah. like you're planning. Yeah. You're coordinating yep. in a very like, okay, this guy gets here at this time. This guy, I have this conversation. I make sure that I can make above this amount. So yep. like everything you're, you're doing also your due diligence to make sure yeah. that there's a high probability it's going to happen or that you can make something. Exactly. You're not just like you're not, landing there. You're not there. blindly saying, oh, I know I can make it. I'm going to make it. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. There's fucking grind and hustle and yeah. homework and time. You effort, have to do energy. the work. You got to do everything. You got to do work. the work. And that's right? the part where it's hard as fuck. Yeah. But high risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. And people don't want to do the work. Yeah. That's the thing. There was, there was uh to, after this, I'll, we'll move on. But like, there was a time I had no money. Mm-hmm. And I was... Uh, I got into the Grammys a few times, right? But the first time I got into it, I snuck in, right? I got through security, through security. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Crazy story. My friend's like, how the fuck do you do these things, <laughs> right? So this is the grind, right? Yeah. So now I can go anytime I fucking want. Oscars, yeah. I mean, don't matter. Sick. So if you want to go, let me know. Yep. So uh, it's, it's on the podcast, guys. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call this favor in. <laughs> exactly, right? So um, we might the way after COVID, but then next year, whatever, whatever yeah, it is, right? Yeah. So literally... Um, there was an Emmy event and people knew me back to going to the Emmys, going to the Oscars, right. going all that, right? So anytime I posted something, people respected my opinion or what I had to say. So when I told people, oh, I had this Emmy watching party event with a red carpet and all that, and you got to wear a black tie and dress or gown or whatever, right? I went on Eventbrite. I found this Emmy watching party where they normally hold Emmy watching parties, Right. But celebrities tend to go there. You can look up all these articles and everything, right? But this year, they weren't. It was a I mean, watching party, but no celebrities. But I used it to my advantage. So on Eventbrite, 
you could the tickets were free and you could make as many as you wanted. So I went on Facebook and I was like, hey guys, I can't make it to the Emmys this year, but I got some extra tickets. I got 10. If you guys want to go, let me know. Hit me up. They're 100 bucks a pop. Each one of these fucking things are free. I'm at my car at Gold's Gym. I have my rinky dink laptop. I'm in Gold's Gym. DMing, texting, messaging on Facebook Messenger, all these people for these tickets. People are literally lining up at Gold's Gym to come. I'm like, yeah, 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 just me at Gold's Gym. I'm just working out right now. I was there for eight fucking hours, right? I wasn't working out for eight hours, yeah. right? Everybody's working out. I'm on my laptop in the middle yeah. of Gold's Gym, yeah. right? And using their Wi Fi, everything. And I had all these people. I walked out with, like, I think I made like, I made over two grand. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Hustle, hustle, I was man. a constant hustle. Now I don't have to do that shit. Right. No, now, but I mean, I mean, yeah. it's, it's part of the grind. It's yeah. part of what gets you to that next level. Yeah. It's, it's you know, you got to take you gotta take some steps, man. You're yeah. not just going to get from zero to 100. You can't. You yeah. can't. So it's, I tell people all the time, I give them advice, I, I, but I could be in a room with, with a thousand people, 99.9% .9 of them ain't going to do it. Facts. Yeah. And then the 1% that do it, half of them are going to give up because the money ain't coming right away. Mm -hmm. And then it's that 0.001% that actually make it. Yeah. Yep. Damn, man. Motivational, inspirational. Thank you. And uh, it, it's just, it's the, it's the way it goes if this is a, a journey you want to pursue. Yeah. Like, you have to. It, like, you got to take a lot of losses. Like, I, yeah. like, I've lost way more than I've won. Yeah. That, that's, that's what it comes with. And I don't want to fuck with anybody who hasn't lost. Because then you don't know what it's like. Yeah. So you don't know what's at risk. Yeah. So if we're doing a project together and you're like, oh, I never lose kind of attitude. Nah, that's that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's similar to like the idea of like the, per, the the fool is the one who thinks they know everything. Yep. And the wise is the those who know they don't know everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's Facts. a beautiful thing, man. Hey, man. Uh, this is an awesome conversation. What are you uh, What are you currently working on? What do you want people to check out? So I want everybody to check out uh, Testify to Hip Hop on Snapchat. We're doing this original show. When does that drop? Uh, a... Mid-January, beginning of February. I don't have an exact okay. date, but, but it's, it's going to be around that time. So Perfect. you, if you have Snapchat, if you don't have Snapchat, you better get that shit. Yeah. If you do, uh, you'll be seeing it on your Discover page. So when... search Testify for Hip Hop. Yeah. Gotcha. But Snapchat is pushing it so hard that it's going to be on everybody's Snapchat's homepage awesome. anyway. Hell yeah. So yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be like Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien. Even though I love Conan, all you guys, watch the fuck out because we're coming. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're gonna be number one. Period. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, anything else? Anything of your personal social media that you want to give out or anything? Um, or is it just all testified to hip hop? It's all testified to hip hop. You can follow me too if you want. You know, motivation or whatever. If you don't follow hip hop, uh, Eric Brian Stone. All my. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is all at Eric Brownstone. Um, and yeah, if you ever want to work or you got something, hit me up. That's right. Yeah. Hey, man. Oh, it was yeah. a pleasure having you here, man. Thank you for coming through. Definitely. And uh, make sure you guys uh, check us out on Spotify, Podcast, yep. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts if you want to listen and to watch on YouTube. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next Doubt Me Podcast. Peace. Peace.